Scott. Well, you know, what I'll serve, I'll, I'll say my sermon. I'll say my sermon for next Sunday. Okay? What I thought I would do is just share my heart. And sometimes um, folks don't really know the pastor. That you know, they they see him on Sunday morning. And, you know, um, I grew up on a on a, a small eighty acre farm in uh, southeast of Aiken. My, my home church was in Aiken, which was a uh, Assembly God church. Um, before it was Assembly God church, it was as actually a what was known then as a full gospel, full gospel, which was all it means is they believed in, in the whole, the whole Bible, the whole everything, everything about what God had in his Bible. And they were people who, um, learn to pray, learn to wait on God, and experience his presence. And my mom was living uh, before I knew my mom, okay, it's before before I ever existed. My mom and some of her sisters started attending this little church in Aiken. And it just so happened that my, my dad's brother was was the pastor. And he started that little church with a tent on a corner of a, a community. And went so well that he was just evangelizing. He was just a, he'd travel and he'd set up a tent and he'd preach and they'd do some songs. Simple method that the gospel would be preached. And so it went so well, he ended up staying at that church for like ten years and building a building and uh, getting things started. And then he then he moved on, but it was a result of that church plant that my mom and her sisters started coming to the Lord. And lo and behold, my dad, who followed his brother to Aiken, and his brother said, why don't you come over here and help me with this church? And so my dad did. And, my, and my, his brother said, you can raise chickens. You know, hooray. You know, it was like, okay. Well, he didn't raise chickens. He raised, I had a fur farm, which was mink, which would eat the chickens. <laughs> and so we had chickens, but they would get out once in a while. But the mink, would, you know, would take care of them. Anyway, long story longer. Um, my dad was a quiet man until he got blessed. And he didn't really get crazy. But you could tell the Lord was doing something. So I remember my dad getting blessed by the Lord sometimes in, in, a, in a church service. But more than the church service, I could hear him in his bedroom worshiping with his, maybe it was an accordion, maybe it was his banjo, maybe it was his mouth organ. He was very musical. And I didn't know at the time what I really had. And when Dale, you said this girl was saying I thought my that this was normal see growing up I figured that was normal for a dad and a mom to love God and I never knew how good I had it to later in life when you understand really how good you had it so I am I'm a, a young as a young man I was able to see firsthand what a Christian 
was, not what they were supposed to be, not what they said you're supposed to do, but they just lived it out. They never preached at us. They never, you know, you guys messed up, and the Bible says this, and you're going to go to, you know, it wasn't that. It was just this quietness, this nature of, I, I would say they had, some of them, I had some of the most patient parents. Unbelievable. And now how they dealt with pain was much like they would get with the Lord. They would, they learned how to cast their cares on the Lord. My mom especially would intercede. And I mean, she would pray in different languages and what the Bible talks, praying in spirit, but they should pray in her English too. And when she got older, and she was put admitted into a nursing home. The nurses called my mother one day, or not my mother, but my sister, and said, you better come in your mom. Your mom's speaking crazy language. <laughs> well, Linda goes, well, you know, it's okay. That's that she's praying in her heavenly language, and the Bible talks about that in Acts. But this is kind of the parents I had. And so I... I was able to learn young that there's a real God who loves real people. No matter what we, no matter what our background is, when we come to know the Lord, there's a new beginning. Maybe backing up on this whole history thing, I had a, I had a grandfather that didn't do so well in life. He got killed because he was drunk. And what happened was my grandfather, did I say my grandfather? My, actually, I meant to say my great-grandfather. My great-grandfather was a drunkard. And my grandpa came from Norway. And because the minister, he went to the church, and the minister said he was a drunk, I can't have a funeral. I can't do it. It broke my grandfather's heart so bad and he wept crying out to Jesus in the woods while he was working and there the Lord showed and appeared to him and vision outstretched arms grandpa was on his face and he came away from that encounter being filled with the Holy Spirit now he goes to the minister and says, I, I, I got something. I don't know what it is. I'm speaking in a different language. And the minister said, we don't want any of that around here. <laughs> and so Grandpa decided, I will, I'm going to keep what I have. And he decided to invite people to his home. This is way back. This is, this is ancient history here. So my dad and his brother and other sister siblings were influenced by Grandpa and his prayer meetings. They would talk about how the days were when they would push back the furniture and wait on the Lord and move around and pray. And they said the power of God would come down. They'd lose all track of time and forget about lunch. They were having too good of a time to even eat. 
And so it was, it was a revival that was happening. That was taking place in Detroit Lakes, Minnesota. That's where my dad grew up. So then when he moved to Aiken, he met my mom, who had just recently been saved and was getting discipled. And now they start this family, and I'm the seventh of the family. I'm the seventh one. And mom, mom, I always wanted to have one son be a preacher or a pastor. And guess what? Little shy Gary, one of the shyest in the class in 1977 archive, is the shyest. I got that award. God called me to preach the gospel. It's been a wonderful growing experience. It's not been easy. It's been painful at times. And, but I could never, I could say I never would want to miss it. I never want to regret or come to a point in my life where I regret. I wish I would have. You know, I wish I would have. And this life is so short. If you have something in your heart, and you have a dream, you have something God is urging and nudging you or encouraging you, maybe it's just to speak to your friend or your neighbor. Maybe it's just write a note. How about that? You guys a text, go for it. In some way, we are to affect others around us. In fact, we will affect others around us either for the positive or the negative. But because of Christ in us, the hope for our, our next generation depends much so on how we treat our youth, how we look at them, how we interact with them. I don't know about you, but I, if someone were to ask me what's the greatest need in the church, I would have to say, you know, reaching young people, reaching younger families. You know, I love middle aged I love all peoples. Yeah, I, I fit right in. I'm in there. I'm in the older, you know, I'm on the other side. <laughs> anyway, but what thrills me is young people. And Jackie knows if you want to stay young, you hang around with young people. Absolutely. You were like missionette leader forever back in the day. I don't even want to say how many years. It was just like, of course, Jackie's. The, you were the state leader, weren't you? Sectional. Sectional. Anyway, you could have been the state leader. She was in charge of helping mission. It was a program to help disciple young girls. And I'm sure some of the reward of that was to see young girls take the word of God and live it and begin to apply it to their lives. So I kind of rambled on today. I hope you forgive me. Sometimes I think we need, and when we're in a small group, it just... Not try to pretend we're something we're not yet. You know, we're, we're going to, we're, this church is going to grow. We're going to get back to more people. I mean, today is 25 below. 
Of course, some people had a good excuse to stay home. But I just love to be able to. I felt called early on to pastor small churches, small communities. That was why we went to Palisade. We felt that was a good fit for us. 150 people in the community. Guess what? We were happy where we were at. God says, you know, I got these, I got this community cross lake and spoke to me about it. And I remember talking to Brainerd and sharing that vision over 25 years ago now. And so we say, Lord, I don't want to miss what you have for me. And whatever season you are in your life, just make the most of every opportunity. Every time you get a chance to speak life, encourage someone else. God will use that to further his kingdom, to go out and build, go out and build people up, build people up. That is the, actually, Paul taught in Corinthians, the purpose of us coming together is to edify one another. Edify means to encourage, build up. A lot of us go through the trenches in the week. You're in a place, you're, you're in a home situation, or you're in a you know, working situation. Well, you're drained. You're drained by the end of the week. And church ought to be a place, a safe place where we can come and be ourselves, see our friends, and speak life into each other through Christ. 